You're listening to the Brand Builders Lab podcast, episode 73. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business brand and big idea. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you are well. Hope you are having a good week, whatever you are doing. It has been, uh, yeah, full on couple of weeks for me. Uh, if you follow me on Insta stories at Suze Chadwick, if you don't already, uh, then you may know I am finalizing my book at the moment. I am re-recording Brand Builders Academy content. I have been speaking at events, <laughs> running corporate events as well. It's been full on, but it's just so fun. I have to be honest. Uh, it doesn't always work out to plan as I'm recording this particular podcast. I was supposed to be filming today but I had not finished writing my video scripts. So my amazing videographer, Mick Russell, uh, was very kind and was like, Suze, I got a lot on, all good. And we've rescheduled to do that. So, you know, I just think you've got to listen to yourself sometimes and not push yourself uh, if you don't have to, when you're really not 100% on top of everything. I think you've just got to be forgiving with yourself as well, hey? But, um, but that's what's happening and it's been such a good week as well, which I've really enjoyed and I'm just loving, I'm loving all of the speaking engagements and the podcast interviews and talking about the stuff that I love. Uh, and as I'm recording this, Confidence Rising is still to come next week. Um, this podcast will be coming up out after Confidence Rising has actually happened, which I'm super excited for. We've got 68 women coming along to talk about how you can become more confident in your life and in your business. Erica and I will be sharing some, you know, things that I think have really cemented themselves for us when it comes to how we have built our confidence. And I, you know, I absolutely say that it is something that you've got to cultivate and build every day. It's the in a dialogue that you have with yourself. I shared on Instagram, you know, are you fierce? And fierce is a word that I'm seeing everywhere. And it's a word that I'm feeling at the moment. And we're so sometimes worried about using these words for ourselves because of we're worried about what other people might think about, you know, the words that we use or the things that we say. And I'm like, I own it all the time. Yeah, I'm fierce. I am dedicated to what I'm doing. I am, you know, got my blinkers on when it comes to achieving my goals. I am, you know, unforgiving when it comes to negativity, negative thoughts, negative people. Uh, And I am, uh, you know, completely unapologetic about that. And I want you to be too. So I hope that this podcast not only gives you some amazing, you know, business and branding strategies and marketing strategies, but I hope that it really helps you to feel more empowered, feel more confident, to really own what it is that you're doing and step up and say, you know something, I am doing big things. I am playing bigger. I am being bolder. And even though it might not always come naturally, I am owning that. And I so want you to own that. I really, really do. So Obviously, as you can hear, I'm super excited about it. Um, And I do feel like I'm talking a lot more about confidence and the business journey uh, because I was explaining to some girlfriends when I went away the other day um, on a girls weekend that, you know, I feel like a lot of my clients can't implement the brand and the business strategy that I, you know, that we put together for them when the mindset kicks in and stops them from doing those bigger things that we've agreed to. So I, you know, I definitely cover that in Brand Builders Academy and I've even built that out even more, talking about it in my upcoming book. So I just feel like it really goes hand in hand, even though when I started my business, I didn't think it was going to be a big thing. It's absolutely, I feel like it's 50-50. You can't do the bigger things in your business until you sort your mindset out and you still, you, until you really build that confidence as well. And I, it's a journey. It's not something that's just going to, as, as Pantene says, it's not going to happen overnight, but it will happen. So have faith in that process. 
Wow. I've just kind of, you know, given you a bit of a, a bit of a dump on what's happening, <laughs> what's happening and what I'm thinking, but you know, all good. But listen, you know, if this is your first time here, I'm Suze Chadwick, your host, and this podcast is brought to you by The Connection Exchange. And I work with women in business to help you build a confidently bold brand, articulate a powerful message and attract clients who want what you have. So you, amazing lady, and maybe man as well. I have got some listeners that are men and I'm going to do a shout out. Hey, hi, how are you? Uh, so that you can play bigger and brand bolder. Now, I'm not going to go into all the details, but I do just want to mention that obviously Brand Builders Academy is opening opening up for the live round starting on the 7th of October. So put it in the diary. If you want to check out all the details, you can go to theconnectionexchange.com forward slash BBA waitlist. Um, or you can just go to the Connection Exchange and hit on Brand Builders Academy and find out all the details there. But pre-registration will be opening up in September. Whew. Anyway, we are going to dive into this week's episode, which I'm really excited to share with you. Amy Finlayson is on the podcast today. We are talking about understanding the strategies for a sales ready Instagram. If you don't follow her, you can follow her at Amy Finn Layson and you can find out all of her details and links in the show notes, which we're going to be talking about. But I kind of came across Amy about a year ago. We connected on a few different things. And then I have to say she is an absolute gun at selling her products and services on Instagram because that's what she does. She is an Instagram sales coach and consultant as well. But a little bit of background, Amy is an Instagram for business advisor and social selling consultant. She helps transform the follower to client process for service-led founders so that they can make consistent bookings in their business and better serve their clients. So we're going to be talking about how she got where she is today, some of the interesting challenges that she's seeing people having when it comes to selling on Instagram, and then she's going to share six key steps. Ooh, that was a mouthful uh, on how you can get better at selling on Instagram as well. And you know something, we were sort of talking a little bit more about the fact that you just have to be where the attention is and you've got to be really agile as a business owner and understand that, you know, a couple of years ago, Facebook was where it's at. And obviously it's still absolutely key to be playing there if that's where your audience is. But right now, Instagram is hot. And I always say, you know something, I've never been more successful wearing a cat filter than I have been on Instagram. And I love it. It's so fun. And I connect with so many people. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to stop yabbering, but let's get into this week's episode. Amy, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thanks, Suze. It's so good to be here. Oh, very good. Now I did uh, hit you up on Instagram because, and I mean, we've kind of known each other before then, and I've been following you for a little while, but I just look at what you're doing on Insta and I just think I'm not seeing anybody else doing it. And I think that you're really standing out in your marketplace. And you know, I love to talk about brands that stand out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought, well, I definitely want to have you on because I think that you share some really amazing tips and I am all about actionable, practical strategies that can be implemented. So I love it. I love your little steps that you have. So for those who don't know you, and I have just given a bit of an intro as well, Mm -hmm. for those who don't know you, give us a little bit of a background on who you are, what you do, and how you kind of got here. I can do that. So I am an Instagram for business advisor and social selling consultant which when I started in the industry about seven years ago, that those titles did not exist. So I went down the traditional route. I went to uni, I got a Bachelor of Journalism and we were kind of told, this was back in 2012, we were told that good luck getting a job in journalism. Mm, Luckily for me, I found kind of a love for marketing 
specifically social media marketing. So I help transform the follower to client process for service-led founders, so people who sell services online. And I do that so they can make consistent bookings in their business and better serve their clients. Because if you're not serving your clients well, you will not make those consistent bookings. Absolutely. So with that, I a bit more about my background in journalism. I specifically got interested in not-for-profit communications because when you're on campus, it's there's a lot of political activity going on and I just kind of knew I wanted to go down that path. So I worked in media teams. Um, so if anyone wants to go look at my LinkedIn, that'll be awesome. <laughs> worked and connect with me um, in the past. And I was producing online content that changes mindset and mindsets and increases donations through digital storytelling. Oh, wow. Okay. It's super similar to what I do now though, except instead of donations, it's sales. So in the spirit... But it's the same thing, isn't it? Donations are sales, but for a charity. Yeah. And it's about telling a story to evoke emotion and Mm. um, to have people have that change in their mind that is going to make them give money whether they're getting a product or service in, um, in for their money or they are actually um, donating to a cause where they feel a certain emotion. I um, first quit my full-time marketing job back in 2016 to freelance online. I knew it was time for me to leave full-time work and start my own thing. But within two years, so in late 2018, I really wasn't making any traction online. I was making a lot of mistakes in the way I was running my business, in the way I was handling my finances, and in the way I was marketing myself. I think um, I really lacked the confidence to sell me and my knowledge, and I didn't even know what that was in the marketing space. And I didn't really know how to package that up as a solution so that clients could book in and see the value in working with me. I think a lot of marketers and any kind of service-based business owner has that same kind of worry that they don't know what they actually are selling and how that process of how people can book in and they can be booked out. So it all started to change for me around... 2018, after two years of doing all of this online business and not really getting anywhere in terms of growing or finances. And I stopped messing around, which sounds really vague, but I was taking on any work I could get my hands on. I was kind of operating like a virtual assistant. I was doing web design. I was doing copywriting, anything and everything. And I really wasn't standing out as a result. So I was feeling a little desperate up until that point. I'd spent the entire year last year traveling Southeast Asia, living the digital nomad dream. Which did look amazing. It it was amazing in terms of my lifestyle. It was great. I wish I could go back and do it again. But in terms of my business, it really felt like nothing was happening and I didn't have much to show for it. Um, And I knew that I had to go back to reality within the next few months and decide if I would continue or um, if I had to choose another option. I just didn't know what was coming next. But I was desperate, so... (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing the things that we do when we get desperate. Exactly. Um, So in October, there was about a month until... Me and my now husband had to leave our apartment in Thailand. We'd been living there for the past seven months. So around October, I was like, okay, we need to do something with Harvest Studios. So I was freaking out about how much money we'd blown through since January. Yeah. Pretty much a house deposit. And um, the fact that my business felt like a hobby rather than a business. And what was your hobby doing while you guys were in Thailand? So he actually took the whole year off work. So it was really on me. And I was working. It wasn't like I just gave up. Mm. But I was also kind of scraping the barrel for anything that would come my way. And I was saying yes to a lot of things that really didn't serve me or my growth. So 
that was around that October, November, I decided to really focus on Instagram marketing. I was having success as kind of a travel Instagrammer. Um, and I really loved the platform and I knew I could use my marketing skills to help other small business owners. Yeah. So the only service I offered moving forward was the custom Instagram strategy plan, which since I've created almost 50 for clients, which is amazing compared to last year where there was no real growth. Mm. So the demand continued to grow month on month. And as I received testimonials from small business owners within my network, I, they could actually vouch that there were results coming from me. I had that social proof that I needed to be successful in my business. And so just with that as well, like what made you, I guess, successful in that? Was it just testing and trying and like, how did you, I guess, get the knowledge to be able to do those strategies for small businesses? I think for me, I, before I even offered the service, I started to realize that there was a formula to booking clients on Instagram, that it wasn't um, just about one part. It wasn't just about the content. It was also about the sales process. So the way that people were able to give you money. And it was also about the customer experience. So with those three things, I really um, was, I was kind of filling a, um, I guess a hole in the market where um, service-based business owners, um, they weren't really getting the information or the strategy to be able to use Instagram in a way that would best serve their business. Yeah. So, um, and also when I was starting out, it, um, I was offering it at a, a discounted rate so that I could really trial and see if these things work. And I became more confident as they worked I love that. I think that's, I just yeah. want to kind of just acknowledge that for a sec because I think sometimes people are like, I don't have everything I need to be able to do something. And I think that it's fine to start and maybe charge a bit less as you're testing Absolutely. and trying things and so just being upfront and honest about it. Yeah. Um, and then as you get better, yeah, you increase your prices because there's now a structure in place. But I think that that's an awesome way to start. Yeah. And those plans that I was doing back then don't look like what they do now. Yeah. And I think no one is going to have everything they need ever. So if you don't do it and you don't try these things, if I never tried to be just an Instagram marketer, I would have come back in November and not known what to do. So I think if you have an idea, you have to go through with it. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, is like you said, nobody's got everything or like at any point in time because the market constantly changes. We change. Exactly. Especially with social media. Yeah. It's always changing. That's why when there is a platform that you know is going to have high growth, you need to really capitalize on that. Um, I've had a lot of people say to me with Instagram, oh, you're putting all of your eggs in the Instagram basket, but I'm doing it because that's what is going to work right now. And yeah. having that foundation of marketing, maybe it won't be Instagram marketing. It'll be another form of social selling. But knowing that you've got that basis of skills and leveraging Instagram now, that's smart. Yeah. Instead of being like, I'm not going to do much with Instagram because who knows what's going to happen with the algorithm or anything. Yeah. And Gary Vee says it all the time, be where the attention is. Exactly. That's like, why I'm able to pivot and move and be fluid and just, yeah. Try everything and try what's working and where you can find those high growth markets. Yeah. Awesome. And then, so you left Thailand. I left but Thailand. Next. So um, by January, I was actually turning down work leading up to my wedding and my honeymoon in March. So mm -hmm. just spent this year away and then knew I was going to take more time off in March. So by then I had to kind of realize that I didn't have all of the time to just do the strategy. So I needed to create a digital version that my audience could download, which I called the DIY Instagram strategy plan. Um, and this was on sale for $69. And within the first week of the launch period, it made $3,000, which was huge for me. 
knowing that I had made virtually that within the the year before. So it was amazing. Yeah. And you'd obviously proven the strategy and the structure that you were talking about and selling. Exactly. I think that's when I talk about digital products, it is quite, if you have a service that is working, why not package it up? Yeah. You know, people are going to buy it, especially people that don't have the budget to work with you in a custom way. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So um, from there, I did the wedding, did the honeymoon. um, And then me and my husband, we decided to move to Wellington, New Zealand, where I am now, um, from Sydney, where I'm from. And my husband is from Wellington. So that's why we live here. Um, So even though my business was operating at quite a high intensity, I had remote team members on board. My business was ticking along great. I just was feeling extremely lonely and unfulfilled. And I was craving a real life connection. I'm quite a social person. I'm slightly in extroverted. I almost said introverted, but um, <laughs> a bit of both. But I really like to be around people. So up until last month, the custom plans been booked out every month, um, doing really great. But in late July, I had to make a really hard but exciting decision to pursue social media consulting in a different way within the New Zealand government because I really wanted to get back to those roots of political um, advocacy and it felt like through Harvest Studios, even though it's amazing and I'm continuing to do it and I love social selling, that I couldn't serve my career goals. Yeah. So that's why now this new chapter has kind of begun of um, creating a membership, a social selling membership, and soon a podcast for those service-based business owners um, because I feel like I am serving that gap in the market of helping service-based business owners really leverage bookings and the customer experience and learning how to sell online. So, yeah, it's an adjustment, but it'll best serve my career goals and definitely the growth of my community. So that's where I'm at now. Awesome. And I think, like we were saying before we kind of jumped on the podcast as well, I just think... You've just got to do whatever works for you. And my audience know I say it all the time. Like whatever your career looks like, whatever your business looks like, whatever your family looks like, you just do you. And, you know, there'll be seasons in your life as well where, yeah, you can go off travelling for a year and other times you have your business and other times you might jump into a job and whatever it is. That's, um, yeah, that's, I think that's amazing. And it's such a short period of time. Like you were talking about this was you last year. I know it's actually crazy because I see it a lot on um, on Instagram where people are trying to escape this nine to five and escape their life when you've really just got to live for the moment and what's coming, like you said, in those seasons. So um, it didn't feel like a failure or anything to me. It felt like growth. Yeah, awesome. That's so good. And I think, um, I mean, obviously we're going to be talking now and going through some of the things that you talk about and talking about social selling on Instagram, which I love. I love a good structure and strategy. Um, But I also just think I always get people, and literally last night I was speaking at an event and somebody said to me, how do you make money? Because I was saying I love stories. I'm like, I've never made so much money with a cat filter on. Like I know, <laughs> filters are everything. Yeah. I th- but I'm just like, I just said, you know, but that is a question I get all the time. But how yeah. do you convert? How do you yeah. make money from that? So I'm excited to hear your take on how you do that and obviously how my listeners can do that too. So yeah, I'm yeah. excited to dive in. Yeah, well, like you were saying, I think there's a formula to making sales and being known on the Instagram platform. Um, I do see the struggle to monetize for so many small business owners and they want to balance that selling, which they feel like is kind of slimy and it's not them with providing that valuable content. But I think that really is a myth that you can sell and provide valuable content and um, you can be converting and not feeling like you're not still providing that value to your audience. Yeah, 100%. It's such a balance, isn't it, as well? And I just said to the lady that asked last night, 
I just said it's you like your audience is there that they love what you do, who you are, how you do it. So they're there for a reason. Mm. Like, give them the opportunity to buy from you. Well, exactly. That's the thing. A lot of people want to know that next step. Mm. And if you're not making it easy or you're not offering it to them, they're going to be stuck in the content. They're not going to know where to move because you're not telling them where to move or you're telling them a really convoluted way or you're telling them to do something that is just quite hard for them. They're, they're having to jump through hoops to yeah. actually give you money when your content is probably not the problem. It's a lot of other things. But with yeah. content, um, I mean, there is a problem with a lot of content because um, it's either A, unoriginal and it follows, especially with service-based businesses, it's just regurgic regurgitated content, especially yeah. from social media examiner and things like that. I think people see a stat and they see it on someone's stories and they just, it goes around and around and around whenever a new trend is out or a new update to the platform, the same things show up. And yeah, like you always preach, being bold in <laughs> taking something not for on face value is going to be the best thing you can do as a service-based business owner in your content. Yeah, awesome. So when it comes to, um, I guess, some of the struggles that people have, we are going to dive into six tips um, yeah. or strategies for, for a sales-ready Instagram. But what are some of, like, a couple of the things that you see that people are really struggling with right now when it comes to monetizing? Yeah, so I see it first with the content. It's not part of a bigger story or a bigger picture and they're not trying to sell or tell this story in a consistent way. Yeah. Um, and it's not well thought out. Um, like I was saying before, with the sales process, there's no action for the client to take to actually give their money. Um, Instagram is a mobile-only experience. I need to repeat that, mobile-only. Make sure your sales process reflects this. Mm. I'll talk a little bit more about that when I give, give some tips. But um, also I think the customer experience is something a lot of people struggle with. Um, because either they don't know what it is or they've maybe got those first two, the content and the sales process, but then they're not creating this experience for what the customer actually wants. And it varies by industry, but there is a solution to sell on Instagram for everyone. It just starts with knowing what this process is and knowing who your customer is and what experience that they want. Amazing. So, yeah, many small business owners forget that customer experience is a relationship. Um, it's not one-sided and appearing like your agency like just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Offering all of the service, none of the pricing, um, you're shutting down these relationships and you're leaving money on the table, especially if it's just you and your business. Yeah. I think appearing like an agency, um, it's just not relatable and it doesn't work when it comes to selling. Um, and you need to make it really easy for your customers to be served your solutions instead of kind of hiding behind pricing, um, putting a barrier up. And the way to do this, like I mentioned on Instagram, is by creating this holistic mobile experience. It's everything. It's your feed content. It's your daily Instagram stories. It's the conversations that you're having in your DMs. Mm -hmm. The way you ask your clients to book in with you. It's the copy on your website. The ease of these web forms because people are typing from their mobile phone. They, if they're frustrated by this, they're not going to hand over their money to you. Um, so I think that's just super important to be smart with this whole mobile experience. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, listen, let's dive into the six tips. So what are some of the main problems or the main things that we need to be conscious of and actually doing? So I think the main problems that show up on Instagram, um, there are ways you can implement your own strategies to combat an ineffective customer experience and stand out. Um, but a lot of people see it as an oversaturated industry. So they don't actually do the fundamentals of marketing, which is firstly by asking your customer. Um, and there's several ways you can do that, but I'm going to talk specifically about the Instagram platform. So you need to firstly be making use of the polls, the questions, the opening your DMs because sales do happen in the stories. If you're not leveraging stories right now, um, 
you're missing out on a period of growth on the platform and for marketers today. For me, I am always asking my customer, my followers, what they want from me. Almost daily, I want their opinion on something, whether I'm getting input on pricing for a new digital product, asking if I can serve them better as a community, polling my audience on their pain points. Um, my followers, to me, they are my biggest teachers and I care and they care back and that's what relationship building is on any platform in any form of sales, especially in social selling where you've never actually met this person in real life. So I want their input and I will really always listen to their decisions when creating content. Yeah, so, and I don't see a lot of people asking a lot of questions. Like, I mean, I do see questions here and there and I see you know, polls and things like that, but I don't feel like I see it a lot. And I definitely, actually, I don't really feel like, apart from you, and may, and I could just be wrong, I may not just be looking at a lot of people's things, <laughs> and a lot of stories, I don't see people asking questions about their products and services. It's more... Yeah, I think people things. are quite scared, yeah. They, yeah. they don't want to be shut down or they don't want people to not respond and then feel discouraged. But if people aren't responding you know not to create that product or not to um, make put all this effort into that service. Um, I think it's really It's not smart. enough of a pain point for them to respond. Exactly. But yeah. then it's great if your audience is engaged enough to feel comfortable telling you or asking you, can you create this because this is my pain point? You're on a really good path. Like, congratulations, you have a community. That's awesome. Um, and I think a lot of people don't do this at all because they're scared they won't get a response. But if you're not getting response to these questions, it means you need to refocus. Yeah. So I also think, and not like this isn't gonna, is, may not sound the way I want it to, but it's like training your audience in regards to how you're engaging and connecting with them. So if you ask regular polls or regular questions, and I just get used to that's how one of that's one of the ways that I connect and engage and communicate with yeah. you, then people are going to feel a lot more comfortable as well. And even when I ask a question and people respond, then I send the little replies back to them. So that we're in a we're in a conversation and they didn't just answer and then they got like radio silence as well. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you have um, a few thousand followers, I think um, people think they're not going to get a response from you. But by asking questions through stories, it's all there for you to answer either in your stories or you can send them a quick DM and you can really be relationship building through these tools on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, I, the magic happens in the DMs, 100%. I agree. 100%. And the sales happen in the stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay, so making use of polls, questions and DMs is the first thing that we want to be focusing on. Yes. Um, secondly, I have made a post about this on my feed recently and it's probably been my most popular post to date. We'll get the link and we'll put it in the show notes. Perfect. So it is basically just me saying your Instagram page is your front door and your website is your home. And what I mean by that is a lot of people, especially service-based businesses, have these amazing Instagram pages, but then no sales process, no way for the customer to be led through the front door and into your home. So if you only have a front door, how can you invite people into your home? <laughs> Which <laughs> I've just got this picture of someone trying to climb through the window. But well, anyway. <laughs> I say that in the caption. That's exactly my point. People are climbing through your window, not comfortable getting into your home. It is just so crazy to me that people don't have these homes because it is just so important. Um, it's a foundational step and you need to implement it if you want to make consistent bookings. And I guess some people do find success here and there, getting clients through DMs, they invoice them, but it's not a customer experience at all. There's no process you're following. You can't really track where they're coming from. It's just not smart marketing. Well, it's a lot more work as well because you don't have oh, yeah. the tracking and things like that. And also you're missing an opportunity because if somebody does land on your website and you do want to do retargeting later around things, then you've exactly opportunity. Yeah. And I think that's also the problem with um, things like Linktree and stuff where you're 
already creating another barrier, um, you want people to land straight on your website. So you oh, can. So hang on a sec. Let's go touch on that. Because oh, is obviously easy. I kind of did it's this. Great. Like, yeah. At the beginning, I created a link tree version on my website because I was like, yeah. I want people to go land there. But then it just became a little bit of a pain to maintain and link tree was so much easier. But what's your thoughts on it? So I think for link tree, it is great if you have no other option, but if these links need to go through to your website, but yeah. the best way is to be landing on your website, like you said you did, if on Squarespace they have the cover pages, which are super easy to customise, there's already a place where you can put in all of your button links. I think you can have up to five. It's like having Linktree, but it on is... On Squarespace? Yes, Squarespace. Oh, okay. I was doing this are on, you on WordPress. WordPress. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you I can get, still do it, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can absolutely do it on WordPress, but I know what you're saying. And there's other versions of Linktree, but the smartest way to do it is to get people from Instagram, especially when the load pages are quite slow it's not your website it's not linktree but clicking on that link people want to just go straight back to the app they because it stays in app it doesn't open up chrome or anything people want to be serve the content they want to find out what they need to know straight away then they want to exit and keep looking at stories or look at other content or talk mm. to their friends answer a dm so you need to really think about that with linktree and things like that that you are serving up that information quickly, you're getting the person straight onto your website so that if they do want to come back later, you can retarget to them and show them ads so they're like, oh, I do want to go onto that website. I do want to book in that service. I yeah. do want to buy that product. Yeah, and I always say as well that I don't know if I need to change a phrase because people always look at me funny, but it's like you have to have a rabbit hole and so I always find, and this is just from my personal behaviour, and I once again polled the audience I was speaking to last night, it's like I go to Instagram and I discover something or someone, I click on the link, I go to their website, I, watch, I look at their front page, their about page, read their brand story, look at their yep. products and services. Like I am exploring and I'm finding out and I'm looking at who they are and what they do and whether I feel like they're like I connect with that. And I think that it's just really important for us to understand that that's how people buy as well. We're not just going to like land somewhere and all of a sudden I'm going to buy with it. You know, exactly. like I'm going to consume your content, but I want to go and look and see what else there is. Yeah. And make an informed decision, especially yeah. with the pricing, things like that. People want to know they want they want to know the service offering. They want to know the details, the pricing. They want to see a calendar booking or ability to make a transaction securely. Yeah. And for me, if there's a service, there needs to be a price. Then if there's a meeting time, there needs to be a way to book that. And you need to be automating this process ultimately if you want to be serving your clients better. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So your Instagram page is the front door and your website is your home. So make sure that there's a clear, website. easy connection. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of similar to that. My next point, which is to onboard your clients through a smart client relationship system. So a lot of people that I've polled in my stories, when I asked what client relationship system are they using, most of them came back and said, I'm not using anything. I just invoice my clients. They don't think about the sales that are coming in and what they can predict from sales activity, what's come through Instagram, who they've had a conversation with, who could potentially turn into a lead or turn into a client. Um, and if you can't create this experience for your clients, um, then you, they won't come back and they won't want to engage with you anymore. For me, my clients buy my digital products because they've had a touch point with me um, where they know as soon as the service is booked, they've got access to a client portal where their invoice and their contract sits, any up upcoming appointments, shared documents, emails between us, and a lot of people forget this. And then they wonder why clients don't come back, they don't buy additional products, um, they find it hard to find any clients because the clients they do have aren't praising them. Um, and I do this through Dubsado and you can do it through almost any customer relationship system. You can Google that and see the full range of client softwares 
but without having this fundamental step in your business, you're kind of, you are leaving money on the table. Um, it's not a specific Instagram thing, but it's a service-based business fundamental to me to know that when a client is working with you, they're having a trusted relationship with you and you're not just going to mess them around. Yeah. And I also think just having systems like that allows you to follow up as well. I use 17 hats because hmm. I got onto it before Dub Starter was yeah. around. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like mom school, 17 hats. <laughs> but it still does the same thing basically. Yeah. Um, but it just, once again, and I've spoken about it before, every time I send out quotes, I can see when they opened it, when it was sent, there's like exactly. an expiration date on it. I can, they've got their portal where they can see all of their invoices, their questionnaires, their yeah. quotes, their everything. And I think that it does, yeah. it is part of the brand experience of you yeah, exactly. operating like a business. Yeah, and that's another thing. I think people have just their Instagram account and they call that a business. There's so many more steps to owning a business and serving customers and making sure that not only the product or the service you're delivering is great, but everything in between as well so yeah. that your customer can leave the, the process and know that they were well looked after and they can sing your praises. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. What's the next one? So I think for me, in my mind, there is a huge mistake with offering the standard and not the extraordinary. Oh, I like so I already. Talked, <laughs> <laughs> I, I talked a little bit about that when, in my intro part where I used to offer everything. I can code a website pretty well. I understand SEO. I can use Adobe. I've worked as a copywriter. I threw in a lot of social media and marketing, social media marketing and management, everything. I thought the full service marketing agency was where I could take on all the work that suited all my different skills. But especially on Instagram, I was casting this wide net and I was actually attracting no one. Mm. So when I made that decision to focus solely on Instagram marketing, it really all changed for me because I had that travel account that was reaching 8,000 organic followers. So I knew how to grow an engaged audience. Um, and I found Instagram to be super interesting for business as it is the fastest growing social media platform. And for this unique community that we have on Instagram, especially women in business, I find we've created this, um, this just experience that is not like anything else. Yeah. We all, we're connected. I've um, I have friends on Instagram that I've never met in real life and I feel like I know them and it's things like stories, it's the DMs and um, yeah, and it's with Instagram, I knew that this is where I wanted my business to be, but I knew I wanted to be able to consult on this and help other business owners in the same way that I had found um, it working for me. Yeah. So with this... <laughs> What I'm meaning by offering the standard and not the extraordinary is being like everyone else, offering a solution that is not different. Um, I find a lot of people will just offer social media strategy instead of thinking, what does my ideal client actually want from this strategy? They don't want a social media strategy. They actually want to know what content to post. They want to know that their business is going to make some money they want to not be stressed about being on the platform 24-7. It's the pain points and there is a solution, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's this standard. If yeah. you're looking at something interesting and looking at, at it from your own experience in your own different way, instead of just doing what everyone else does, you're going to stand out on the platform. You're going to have um, more people come to you because they know you. Um, so whatever the title you choose for yourself on Instagram is, make sure that you, it, you really believe that and it represents you and represents everything that you're talking about and all of the content that you're creating. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I say that to people all the time. It's, you know, like Sophie, um, from sister scout in episode 69 was talking about yeah. niching to grow your business. Exactly. Um, 
And I've just done a massive cull in my business of products and services because I couldn't do all the things. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it is kind of landing on them. When somebody asks me if they can be a speaker at my event or whatever it is, it's just you have to be known for something. And if you're not known for something specific, then you just get lost in the crowd because people are like, well, I know you do stuff, like different things, but I'm not sure exactly what it is that you do. And it makes it really hard for them to engage you, for them to recommend you, if you're kind of a jack of all and a master of none. So I think you really do have to make that decision. You know, like you said, don't be standard, be extraordinary, be okay with saying this is specifically what I do. And I don't do anything else. I think that's another thing. Niching down to be something um, that is a part of what you've always done is smart. It is not saying no to all of this money. It is saying yes to all of this money because it is, if people can recommend you and they know what you do, it will also guide everything that you're doing in your content and the way that you're showing up because you will feel more confident in showing up and saying this is what I do and yeah yeah which I love yeah I'm all about that me too (laughs) (laughs) what's next so another big thing that I've talked about quite a lot through this episode is um owning the signature offer. So um, having an offer like what I have is the custom Instagram strategy plan. It was really the reason my business became profitable because I had this signature service that was known. So I was becoming known as an Instagram marketer and then my service was becoming known. So I think that acknowledging a problem in your industry. So for me, it was growing and making sales on Instagram and then having the solution for your customers and packaging that up. So I had the solution in the form of an audit, account recommendations, content planning, an engagement strategy, and it was all wrapped up in the neat boat. And I think when people fail to offer a signature solution or a signature offer with the pricing it on a landing page, testimonials that they've built up over time, you're really keeping your audience guessing. And even if that content is valuable, it's much harder to convert when into sales when there is no end result for the customer, when there's really nothing to buy. Or when it's really unclear. Yeah, unclear or they have to inquire about your services, they have to inquire about the price, um, or they're inquiring about something they don't even know what they're inquiring about. If you make it easy for someone to know, oh, I really want to book this plan with this person, they're saving up for it as part of their marketing budget, they're really excited by it, Getting people excited about that signature offer and the way you've packaged and priced it is super important to succeeding on Instagram and succeeding in your business. Yeah, and I think the other thing is is that it also just becomes, I guess, not the norm, but something that somebody is very used to if if you've shared it, like in the lead up as well. So whether you're in a launch phase like, I'm about to be in or you're in as well Um, or whether it's something that is a standard product or service for you. I think that sharing, you know, I saw you did a couple of image-based stories a week or so ago with pricing and things like that. And I just think when people see that and they get used to it, it becomes like a non-issue. Because oh, because they're like, oh, yeah, I already know what that's going to be. And it's not like all of a sudden you launch and then you release a price and they're like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea what that was. So I think mm-hmm. being smart with your pricing and packaging and being really open and sharing it, depending on what you do. Um, but yeah, for the majority of service-based businesses, I think that it is what it is. Yeah, and especially when you're serving other small business owners, yeah. we want to know the price at the end of the day yeah. because we have smaller budgets and if you're going to book in with someone and you can't really see that price, it's going to put you off quite a lot. And we don't want to faff. I'm like, I'm like, I need to know. I need to know now. I don't want to look around and spend ages. Like I just, I'll, I'll know straight away whether it's. Yeah. Like the, yeah, the content has worked. Now tell me what the solution is which is why I do share my pricing and I share 
my packages on stories all the time because there's that um, marketing stat which was um, a person needs to have seven touch points with your product or service, which I think now it's 14. Yeah, I was saying, saying last night it's 15 to 18. I think that was something I looked at um, yeah. like only a month or two ago. Uh, because of the way in which we're engaging in content, which things like stories has probably increased it because we're watching so much content. It's like yeah. touch points have gone up, but maybe that could be in less time. So if I see you every day, six, seven, eight times a day, within a week or two or three, I'm like, I'm ready. I'm on. <laughs> I do really think that it speeds up the sales cycle. Yeah. So even though it's more touch points, it can be done in a much faster period of time. Exactly. If you use the tools that you've got. Exactly. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah. Which kind of leads to tip number five. It does. Which... I think a lot of people um, know this. Knowing <laughs> <laughs> and doing are two very different things, Amy. <laughs> exactly. That's what I personally think about this one. Yep. It is consistently, consistency rather. Um, posting daily to the feed and to stories, it may seem in practice like you could do it. Yeah. In theory, like you could do it, but in practice, a lot of people don't. And then they wonder why they don't have an active community, that they're not a leader on Instagram, that no one's paying attention to their content, they have low engagement. But when you're consistent on the platform, it creates high engagement. On my stories, on my feed posts, I'm showing up almost every day. Um, I'm going to say every day because if I don't post to the feed, I'm on stories, so I'm there. Um, and I'm creating this story, this customer story that people are led on this journey and it has a beginning, it has a middle, it has an end and I'm taking my customer as they get to know me, they get to like me, they get to trust me and this leads to greater engagement on your content and more bookings within your business. Yeah. So consistency, simple but effective. Within the past six months, my account has grown organically by 2,000 followers um, coming in every day. And a lot of people call these numbers a vanity metric. But for me, it does prove influence and hard work. And you can really tell when someone's following is genuine and when they've worked really hard for it. And I think another um, way to look at these metrics and if your audience is engaged or if you do have any influence, is to look at your daily stories and see how many views you're getting and make a goal for it. So I had a goal to increase my daily stories a few months ago from 150 views to 300. And I doubled these views by posting value to the feed every day, and I rarely miss a day, and then creating meaningful content to tell a story on my stories. They're called stories for a reason. That's what they're there for. So. You need to be consistently creating rather than curating content and passively watching stories and you will see a change. You'll see more followers come into your account and more importantly, you'll see them stay there. So let's just backtrack on that. So just explain that. So you were doing more content in the feed. Mm -hmm. Talking about what you had posted in the feed on stories. Yeah. So I think that is if you're struggling with what to talk about on stories, you're posting on the feed every day, you're sharing those feed posts to stories and then just spend some time talking about it to your audience. Um, that's a great way to Spanning build on it or chatting yeah. about it or yeah. Exactly. Um, I was posting a lot of other things during these daily stories as well to increase, but I really found that posting on the feed as well as the stories, it was just a connection where if someone knew was coming to my page, they could look at the first post on my page and see it was posted that day. Then they could look on my stories and say I was talking about that post. And it's being consistent and being relevant and showing up. It's really important. But you found that combo to be a bit of a booster. Yeah, for me, it did seem in two ways. So it, I found that people were making the connection between my stories and the feed. And also for me, it was easier to create content yeah. because I was talking about something that I'd already created. It's repurposing essentially. 
Yeah, awesome. I love that. And what's the sixth thing, the last tip that we've got? I know, already up to the last one. <laughs> um, so I am extremely interested in sales psychology. Oh, and me too. It just lights my fire. So <laughs> for me, the psychology behind human psychology and the way um, we price and the way that we buy and yes. this customer experience is super important. And I think a lot of people understand it, but maybe not so much from a service provider. Um, the way that people buy services is obviously different to the way you buy physical products. Yeah. But there, there is a psychology around um, the way that people invest in their own business. So if you are B2B, um, most people, when they're pricing, they will go straight to their competitors to figure out the pricing. Um, I think everyone has done that when they're creating a sales page or they're releasing a new service. And that is important and it should be part of a wider strategy. Um, but that strategy needs to include this buyer psychology. So I like to go even de deeper when I'm working with clients. I like to frame it around the Instagram platform and the way that services are booked. Um, if the majority of your business and your audience is on Instagram, you should know the average cost of a sale through the platform and you should know it for your services. You should know it for your industry standard um, and you should know the length of the sales cycle. So from when someone becomes a follower to when they actually make a purchase from you or book in a service, you should be knowing that. And there's many ways you can figure it out. Um, you I was just about to say, how do you know that? Well, a lot of it, like any kind of marketing research, is based on asking your audience. <laughs> like, I don't know when which, people started following me. <laughs> well, yeah, you might not know um, the exact per, um, date or whatever, yeah. but you can survey your clients True. and you can ask them, around when did you start following me? When did you start to take notice of me? When did you hear about this service? When did you decide to book in this service? What did you find useful? What didn't work for you? What do you think about the price? Did you feel comfortable paying this on your phone? Um, would you prefer different options to pay for this? So again, it's a mobile app. You need to acknowledge that when pricing this signature offer that you're selling through Instagram. And when you have under 10,000 followers, it's obviously um, a lot harder to um, have people access your website because you don't have the swipe up. Um, you're constantly directing your audience to the link in your bio and they're making buying decisions from that link. So you need to know what decisions they're making when they access this link and the way that they're thinking when they buy from you eventually. Amazing. That's so good. I mean, I think that I only, um, if I'm honest, I mainly buy fashion through Insta. I normally yeah. will go to somebody's website and then go through the process, like the payment process there. Online, yeah. Yeah. Do you find, like, are you seeing anything different with service-based businesses? I know that Erica, the Queen of Confidence, she was doing some, um, like, mini, mini coaching sessions through Insta Stories and people were buying through Stories. Um, Oh, like DMing her and then yeah, buy it? Yeah. So there's, I've sort of seen a couple of things where people have been doing things a little bit differently that yeah. I hadn't really heard of before. Um, but, yeah, I just, I don't know, are you seeing anything around how people are buying through Insta? I find that most people who are booking in a service with me, looking at my Google Analytics, that they are buying off mobile. Yeah. Um, so they are paying through PayPal because yeah. it's on their phone. Um, I know some other people do message me and say, I'm just going to wait until I get home and I'll get on desktop and I'll pay. Um, but then they are going straight to your full website. They're not going to yeah. um, the mobile experience you've created. So that, But they've found you from that experience you're creating on Instagram anyway. But in terms of buying, I find... For services, most people are already on their phone and they're going to buy that way. 
Yeah, awesome. Well, those are such great tips, Amy, that I think that there are definitely things that we need to be doing more of. I think I could be polling and questioning my audience a little bit more. I'm all over the DMs, um, but I also, I'm, just, I'm probably in the DMs too much, if I'm honest. So, I mean, that's great. <laughs> but yeah, I do think that things like onboarding your clients, having smart relationship systems, you know, being more niche and focus on the extraordinary so that you can really stand out and decide what you want to be known for. Um, Having really clear pricing and packaging. I, even when you were saying that, I'm like, I need to be talking more about the pricing for BBA, which is Brand Builders Academy, which is coming up. Got no issues talking about that, but even letting people know about payment plans that could be coming up. It can really influence their decision as well. I think I could be doing that more too. um, Because everybody that's listening knows that I do like to take action from, my guests' tips as well. So these are things <laughs> I'm going to be doing. Um, and I definitely want to know what you're going to be doing if you are listening to this and what you could be doing more of. So, um, Amy, what's next for you? What have you got coming up and where can people find you and all the rest of it? So you can obviously find me on Instagram at Amy Finlayson. Um, I'm also Harvest Studios, but I the majority of my action goes on on my personal brand um which so you just from, changed over to i've just changed that oh. and i want to let you guys know that followers have increased a lot more since doing that which is interesting yeah i think um, with you've done it too i yeah. did i did it probably about a year or so ago uh where yeah i was the connection exchange which is obviously the name of my business yeah i just over time had been quite inconsistent with my handles. And so my Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, like everything had a different handle. And I really felt from a personal branding as a brand consultant whose tap is leaky. (laughs) No, I'm not a plumber. But, um, (laughs) yeah, but I was just like, how has this happened? It's kind of like the business has kind of just happened and evolved and I've not made sure that there was consistency. So I just went and changed everything to at Suze Chadwick. Um, yeah. and it's, Have you noticed a difference in the way that people or the way you interact? With I mean, people? I think it's definitely raised my personal brand because I, yeah. one of the reasons was I wanted to do more speaking um, and I wanted my name to be known. And so in order for my name to be known, I had to use it. And I didn't want to have just the connection exchange anymore. Like, obviously, that's my business and it's what I operate under. But I wanted Suze Chadwick to be everything that I've got. And at some point, who knows, I might change the business to Suze Chadwick. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. At the moment, I don't need to do that. So it works, it works well as it is. Yeah, I feel exactly the same way, um, which is why I changed it, even though Harvest Studios is still essentially the business. But um, to answer your question. Yes. <laughs> we kind of went off on a tangent there. Anyway. We did. Um, so next for me, I am launching a social selling membership, which is what Harvest Studios will be moving forward. Awesome. Um, that's really exciting for me to be able to serve service-led founders within a community and they can get mentoring from me. Uh, it will be an experience based on the way that I like to create communities, customer experience. If it wasn't that, it wouldn't be truly me. Um, And along with that, because I like to put too many things on my own plate, I am also going to be launching a podcast within the next quarter. Um, At some point. At some point, because I put a date on the membership for the 30th of September and now I'm kind of backtracking like, oh my God, can I get this done? But no. Yes, that will be. So is that when it's going to happen or are you pushing it The membership, 30th of September, podcast. End of the year. By the end end of of the year. year. Damn good social is what it's going to be called and it will be social media for social media businesses. Oh, fantastic. Oh, who knows? Maybe you can... Start 2020 with it. Yeah, I've got to have you on though, Suze. Yeah, you know me. You can. I'm, I'm you're one of. You can be one of my 50. That's my goal. 50 podcasts in the next 12 months. Yes, long. I know. I heard that. It's a small goal now because I had somebody on who's like uh, she had. She was like 100 podcasts in three months, and I'm like, 
Mm, 50 podcasts in a year. Maybe I'm thinking too small. How many are you up to? I think I'm up to, well, I only just started it like I think uh, three months ago or something. And I think I've got 12. Oh, that's good. I feel like you're on track. Yeah. So I like, you know, I'm always, always up for smashing my goals. But let's do it. Yeah, no, I'd love to. Absolutely. That's awesome. So let's just say that again. So on Instagram, they can find you at? At Amy, A-M-I-E, Finlayson, F-I-N-L-A-Y-S-O-N. Awesome. And we'll have all of your links in the, in the show notes as well. So your website and the membership and your Insta too. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. It was a pleasure to chat to you finally. I know. <laughs> I feel I like s- I've known you for... <laughs> I know. I'm seriously terrible. I meet people all the time and I'm like, have we met in real life? They're like, no. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I had no idea. Because <laughs> I see you all the time. But yeah, no, that's great. And I think that there are a lot of actionable tips in there. So if you are listening to this episode... Obviously, we want you to share it, tag Amy and myself and let us know what action you've taken and what you're going to do more of. I know. Can't wait to hear from you guys. Amazing. Well, Amy, thanks so much. Thank you. So much goodness. So much goodness. So huge thanks to Amy. I love, you know, I love actionable uh, strategies that are kind of step by step. So I think Amy gave us some really good tips there on what you can be doing to get more out of your Instagram and make sure that people know how to work with you and that you've got a great sales process. Always so important. But this has been a bit of a long one. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening and being here as always. If you enjoyed this episode, then I'd love you to share it with your friends and your community. And I'd love you to leave a review on iTunes. I just want to say a big thanks to those who have left a review on iTunes. I'm going to read some out next week um, because, you know, I just really appreciate it. I definitely want more people to find us. I am loving the number of downloads that we're getting and that I love how I say we, me. I love the number of downloads that I'm getting. for the podcast. Uh, But as always, you can follow me on all social platforms at Suze Chadwick, but come hang with me in stories. It's more fun there. Until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.